on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the GoVols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday afternoon in God's Zone, Knoxville, Tennessee, where it is 69 degrees. Nice. And we're talking Tennessee basketball. Nice. Uh, and to do that, we're going to go over to uh, that unnamed home studio and get to Ben McKee, who is sometimes nice. Ben, what's going on, bud? A lot's going on. Everything is going on on Rocky Top right now. Yeah, it is, and uh, I, uh, I just a quick apology on the front end because you'll probably hear it a little bit. Uh, my voice does not sound great today. I could pick basically one of the two podcasts to do, and I picked um, hoops because that sounds more fun today, certainly than, than football does. Uh, you could probably tell listening to the podcast with with uh, with me and with Pat on Saturday after the game. Both of our voices were a little bit uh, and uh, still kind of are. So uh, uh, whatever. Uh, my entire family got sick, and I I didn't get it, and uh, my entire all my coworkers had something, and I never got it, and then I went to a place somewhere near Bush Stadium, uh, and I got it. So if that does not tell you how sick the St. Louis Cardinals are, I don't think anything ever will. But we are here to talk basketball, Ben, and for Tennessee, things are going really well at the moment. We were, uh, the rest of us as a staff, were in Columbia, Missouri over the weekend where things did not go well for Tennessee. You were up in the lovely city of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, a place I've always wanted to go, uh, a place uh, certainly for football and basketball that I'd always wanted to, to attend games there. You have now been to Cole Center, that uh, lovely 20,000-seater where uh, the Wisconsin Badgers play, and Tennessee had a good weekend there. Uh, I don't think Tennessee – I've gone back and watched about mm, half the game. I was in I was in the air during the game, so – I didn't get to watch all of it. Um, I, I'd gone back and watched a little more than half of it, probably. The good news has been, I don't think Tennessee played as well as it could play, or really even all that close to it, but Tennessee went to the road, beat basically a ranked team by 10 points, and kind of had control of that game. So I, I, I don't think there's, if you're Rick Barnes, you're going to complain about a lot, but I don't, I don't think there's much for the rest of us to complain about. No, not at all. It, it was a very impressive uh, road performance for Tennessee. Uh, and the cool stat is that they've now yet to trail through four games this season. 
uh, after they led wire to wire in the two exhibitions. And then in the first two games of the regular season, they have not trailed either. Uh, they've led for a possible 154 minutes and 47 seconds out of 160 minutes. Uh, it's it's quite literally the, the best start possible to this basketball season uh, for Tennessee. Uh, there, there's things to nitpick for sure, and, and maybe we can get into that on, on the way out the door. Uh, rebounding needs to continue to improve. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I – Freddie DeLeon may not be as far ahead as, as we expected him to be at the start of the season, uh, but nobody's really talking about that because everything else is is clicking uh, really well. Zakai Ziegler, Santiago Vescovi, not, not a huge impact in terms of uh, point production uh, against Wisconsin, but they're still making plays elsewhere all over the floor, especially Santi uh, as they work back into the mix. Zakai obviously coming off the torn ACL. Uh, Rick Barnes spoke... I believe he made this comment when he spoke to the media last week prior to Wisconsin that Santi was really in a nice rhythm before uh, he he had to go home to tend to a family matter with his grandmother being very ill uh, and obviously being away from the team for a week. That, that kind of threw him out of his rhythm. So Santi's also working back into the mix. Uh, but despite Santi and Zakai not, not really producing like Santi and Zakai, it hasn't mattered, and that's been because of Dalton Connect and Jordan Ganey and Josiah Jordan-James I thought was really efficient against Wisconsin. But uh, to your point, Wes, they they were able to win. They, they scored 80 points while shooting 29% from three. They were 5 of 17 from the three-point line and still scored 80 points on the road in what was a a very nice road environment i i really enjoyed my time at the cole center on friday night it's a it's, uh, the, a, it's a nice town it's a nice arena yes it, it really was we we uh the, the basketball media went to dinner uh prior to and and had a real nice meal uh to to get us ready for the game and uh and then the cole center the it, it was a nice arena and it was also lively as well uh, and it was a fun place to, to watch a college basketball game. I, I hope I'm able to go back one day to either cover a football game at Camp Randall or uh, another basketball game uh, there in, inside of the Cole Center. So within a nice, really nice road environment that's going to prepare them for the SEC like Michigan State did, they score 80 points despite shooting uh, 5 of 17 from 3, which was 29%. Uh, and they did so because they shot 50% from the field. Uh, and they were 19 of 23 at the free throw line, which was good enough for 83%. You take that all day long on the road uh, and only committed 10 turnovers and limited Wisconsin to 12 points off of those uh, 10 turnovers. Uh, rebounding, they did win the rebounding battle 35-31, to 31, uh, and they did give up some offensive rebounds early on, ended up giving up 10 to Wisconsin, but only allowed nine points off of those Offensive rebounds, uh, Tennessee's bench scored 23 points, had 42 points in the paint, so just a, a really efficient night. Uh, but right now, there, there's really two big conversations about Tennessee basketball, Wes. One, big picture, Tennessee basketball appears to be the real deal. Uh, and here on Monday, uh, AP poll, they've got them up to number seven. Coaches mm -hmm. poll has them up to number eight. But you have some media outlets uh, like The Athletic ranking Tennessee number one uh, and the author of those rankings said that 
right now Tennessee is a legitimate national title contender, uh, and they are. It, it's it's early sample size is really small. Let's let's reevaluate that statement after they play uh, Syracuse next Monday in Hawaii, and then they'll play Purdue or Gonzaga on Tuesday, and then they'll have a third game on that Wednesday. Uh, so let, let's reevaluate that conversation maybe after we see this team play more. But the early returns are, are really, really good. So that's one conversation on one hand. And then the other conversation is Dawn Connect is taking over the the, the college basketball world kind of by storm. He, he is uh, – and I know we kind of live in a bubble, but it, it feels like he's kind of the, the, the talk of, of college basketball right now. One of the conversations, one of the storylines – uh, our co-worker Isaac Trotter had a, a great feature on him mm-hmm. was really uh, that good. he wrote over the weekend. Uh, Dalton has a really cool story, uh, and, and he did a great job of of detailing that story. It's up on 24-7 Sports. I encourage you to go check that out. So uh, Tennessee basketball, it's going as well as it can go right now from a team perspective, and then it's been really cool and really fun to watch this Dalton Connect storyline start to emerge. Yeah, every time I watch him play, I wonder how in the hell Northern Colorado won 12 games last season. And that's the first thing. And then the second thing was how I don't think he made first team all big sky last season, despite scoring like 20.2 or 20.4 points per game. I was like, did they just not like him or, or like what did, 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 did he say something about their moms? Like what, what, what happened along the way there? I, I don't, I don't know, but uh, that kid is offensively a pro today. Uh, he, you could, I am convinced of this. I do not say things like this often. I think you could airdrop him into the National Basketball Association right now, and he would be a competent offensive player. I think. Well, the, and, and, real quick to your point, speaking, I, I meant to add this into Tennessee being ranked number one by another publication, The Athletic, and Sam Vecini, who is as good as anybody mm-hmm. at NBA draft stuff. He had Dalton connect in the first round of his updated mock draft this morning. Yeah. So that the the Dalton connect first round NBA draft projections have begun, and and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. No, and and his age will be the only thing keeping him maybe out of going higher, even you know toward the the top of the first round. Because if he's doing what he's doing at the age of you know eighteen, nineteen, maybe even twenty, then it's different. He's a little bit older because he's got a little bit of a different journey. But I mean, I'm never a fan of putting the cart before the horse. Really, I, I'm just not. But but I but I think when you watch this guy, there it's just like when to me it's like when Cordell Patterson showed up at Tennessee, and there was a lot of hype, there was a lot of talk. But then you watched him play one game, and you're like, "Yep, mm-hmm, he's every that he's special. He's special." It's to me, it's that simple. He is that special, and. The ability that he has, and like I said, he's got work to do on defense, and he knows that. We all know that. Rick Barnes is going to mention that every time he mentions his name until the end of time, and that that's fine. But the things he can do offensively, when you get late in close games, and you can basically there, – there will be some tough matchups here and there, but for the most part, late in games, if he's not fouled out, if he's healthy, if he's on the floor, you can spread the floor, you can isolate him, and he can either pull up and shoot, or he can just kind of back in and bully ball his way past somebody because he's six six and he's thick. Or he can jump over somebody. I mean, the things he can do in those situations with the game on the line, because there will be games like that, uh, that that's going to help Tennessee quite a bit. And on nights where your offense isn't making the three ball, 
you know, because he's going to be nights where he's making the three ball, but like everybody else, there's going to be nights where you're not. His ability to kind of space the floor and and be able to put the ball on the deck and go make a play, that is huge. You put guys like him and James out there together and their ability to kind of do things like that, and then you have Ziegler and Vescovy and other guys, a lot of guys who can go make a play for you. I mean, you you see why the depth on this team I'm glad you brought up Dillion because I want to talk about that a little bit in the second segment before we get out of here. I have a theory on that. But but I, I think it may not be right. It's just a theory. Uh, but I think when you look at all the options that they have available, you see why you don't. It's one of those things where not everybody is on all the time. But this team only needs about half of the guys on to win most of the games it's going to play. Uh, not all games. I mean, you know, you're going to go on the road and lay some some turds down there. You're going to go have rough night, days like everybody does. They play a tough schedule. They're going to wear a couple. That's just how it is. But I, I I think for most games, if about half of their guys are dialed in offensively and most of them are dialed in defensively, they're going to be just fine. I mean, they, they this had this team can space the floor. I've asked Rick about this a lot, and he's sort of said the same thing in response, which I appreciate because he, he didn't deny it. He's never had a team at Tennessee that can spread the floor like this, Ben. No, and 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 you could you could tell on on Friday night at the end of that basketball game, Tennessee wins by 10, but uh, it, it was a, a little closer than that coming down the stretch, mm-hmm. and they gave Dalton Connect the ball and said, everybody else get out of the way. And and how many times have we seen that under Rick Barnes? I mean, we we saw it with Grant Williams, right? End of game, yeah. give the ball to Grant, but it looked different because Grant was a post player, right? But we we've we've never really seen. Uh, he and he calls himself a big guard. I, no, I, I mean Ke- Ke- Kevin Punter. There was some of that, but yeah, yeah, that, that that's a good one too for sure. I I that seems forever ago, but yes, they they did that some team of that wasn't as Carter. good, but he he had that role and he was good at it. Absolutely. But the, the narrative on Rick is is that, you know, he, he, he doesn't allow players to play that way. And Rick, I, I, I don't know if and, and we'll have to monitor this maybe as the season goes along west, but it, it it looks like a he's maybe reinvented some some philosophies to a certain extent. I mean, you're not gonna an old man's not gonna learn new tricks, right? Yeah, he's too uh, old. He's too old to change. Let's let's just admit that he's he's right. past the age where you're changing anything core about your beliefs. But he's absolutely tweaked some things. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about that. And, and him open openly media through media admitting that he they need to get better offensively and they need to shoot the ball better and they need to get more athletic on the offensive end. I mean, that's him admitting that they need to make changes. And he went out and addressed what needed to be changed by getting Dalton Connect and and getting. Jordan Ganey. Uh, so I, I think it's fair to to say that he has made tweaks, e- even if he's not going to have wholesale changes philosophically. Like you have to tip your hat and give Rick Barnes credit for doing what needed to be done. And, and a lot of people over the course of the offseason and the summer did not think that Rick would do that. Uh, and, and I don't think those people were wrong for necessarily thinking that way. But it's clear that that Rick realized that they they needed to to become better on the perimeter, and they've done that, especially with Dalton and and Jordan. But I also think you can also say that the personnel is better as well, right? Like technically, they're still running the same 
offense yeah. <laughs> throughout the course of the game. It just looks prettier because you have better personnel. Uh, so I, it's probably a mix of, of the two uh, and, and maybe lends more towards having better personnel. I mean, Don Connect is – he's as gifted of an offensive player as Rick has had at, at Tennessee, May, mm-hmm. maybe the most gifted. I mean, he he is so incredible. He, he, he is a certified. He, he's, he's the best offensive well, player. He's the first. He's the best offensive player Rick's had in his time at Tennessee. I'm ready to say that. And, and I, I kind of hesitated because you know Grant Williams was a two-time SEC Player of the Year and 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 produced quite a bit offensively. But I I do think that Dalton can can do more than than Grant could. And they're different players. They play different positions. Maybe comparing apples to oranges, but. I mean, it's incredible how much of a bucket Dalton Connect is. And you heard all offseason throughout the summer once he got to Tennessee uh, that he was given Tennessee buckets and, and he was impressing and Tennessee was really excited about him. So you knew that he was going to be a bucket to a certain extent, but I didn't realize that his bag was this big. I mean, he can do so many yeah. different things. He can. He's a, a knockdown shooter from the perimeter. He has a great mid-range game. You mentioned that he can bully somebody on the block and, and back them down and get to the rim. He is I did, I think the thing that surprised me the most about Dalton is his ability to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. And not only get to the rim, but finish at the rim. Yeah. He has had some incredible finishes through his first couple of contests at Tennessee. We bumped into him after we recorded our uh, full court press yeah. after Tennessee Tech and and he had a couple of nifty finishes in that game and I said, "Which one was your favorite?" He had two of them. And he said the reverse layup in that game surprised him because he didn't think he was going to be able to get it up. And I, 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 I didn't think he had room to finish that. I mean, to me, it looked I like because it was right underneath where we sit, like right underneath us, and 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 and, and it was like there was not there was not space to make a play there. There just wasn't. He he kind of created with shielding the bot the the ball and shielding um, his body a little bit. He made room where there was no room. Yeah, and that 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 to me has been the the biggest surprise is is his ability to to get to the rim, uh, beat his man on the ball, and and finish at the rim. That that it's been really exciting to watch. I mean, he is just a he he's a highlight, a walking highlight uh, so far this season, and uh, it feels like it's it's the real deal and not something that's a flash in the pan. So I, I thought it was pretty unique to watch. Again, we've seen it with Kevin Punter and, and Grant Williams, but to to see Rick Barnes give somebody the, the basketball and essentially tell everybody else uh, to, to get out of the way was pretty incredible. And, and I think Dalton's demeanor allows him to come through in those moments as, as well. He, he is he is a very polite <coughs> young man. Uh, he, he is a, a good dude by all accounts. His teammates love him, but he's also a, a man of a few words. And he almost seems emotionless. Yeah. Uh, he, and he got fired up after his dunk at Michigan State, and, and uh, he 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 had a nice and one uh, against Wisconsin, and and kind of barked at Josiah. They they were kind of giving some emotions back and forth in a in a positive way. Uh, so we have seen emotion for, from him, but for the most part, it, it feels like he's emotionless. And I feel like his kind of quiet nature, laid back nature and, and being emotionless. I, I feel like that that's why he thrives in, in those moments when, when the game is on the line and uh, his teammates give him the ball and, and get out of the way. I will say this though, before we go to break about this, this is the last thing I want to mention about it is that I go back to a quote from Tom Izzo before Tennessee played Michigan state in that exhibition game up there, that really, really fun game 
that I think will benefit Tennessee quite a bit now and moving forward. And is a game, the kind of game that Tennessee, I would find a way to play every single season. I would go on the road and play an exhibition game against a tough team um, and find a good charity cause to, to give money to. I, I think Izzo said the one thing that it was a little bit alarming to him going into the game, and he said this before the game, that he thought they were going to use Connect and Ganey quite a bit, and he didn't have any film on how Tennessee was going to use them. He had film of them from their days at Northern Colorado and USC Upstate and some JUCO stuff on Connect. He did not have – he had guesses on, on, as to how Barnes might use them, but he had no idea specifically what Tennessee was going to do with them and how much their game had grown in the offseason – so that's going to take a taskmaster coach like Izzo and like some of the great coaches of the sport. That's going to drive them nuts, not knowing exactly or having a good idea what the other team's going to do because they like to have options and they like to have different ways to attack people. The more that Tennessee plays with Connect and Ganey, the more that people will have a book on them and how Tennessee wants to use them, what they want to do. So teams will eventually throw wrinkles at them, right? Like you're going to see a lot of double teams on connect. You're going to see a lot of places where defenses are going to kind of find his weaker spots and try to adjust the defense and force him to those spots. They're going to, they're going to not want him to get to his spots and they're going to not going to want him to get the ball in rhythm. So they're going to start throwing waves at him and they're going to start trying to kind of usher him into places he doesn't want to go. And with Ganey, they will find a heat map on him and they will find places where they would rather him shoot the ball from than where he wants to. So they will find different ways to throw different things at these guys. And that will be an adjustment that those guys have to make because say what you will about the experience of guys like James and, and Vescovy um, and, and, you know, now a do a little bit and, and certainly, um, you know, Ziegler, it's great to have that experience, but that also means that you know exactly what Tennessee wants to do with those guys. And so you know how to defend those guys. So they're going to pop off sometimes because they're good, but you know that they're, you're not going to let them go to their easy buttons. So that's going to be an adjustment that people are going to make. Like, is that's probably why one of the reasons why connecting Ganey looks so good is because people don't know exactly how to defend them yet. So that will change as the season progresses. But I think both of them are good enough at what they do that they're going to be okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you uh, on everything that you said. Teams are uh, a- absolutely going to figure out new ways to defend Ganey and, and connect, and, and that that will be on Tennessee's coaches to adjust to those adjustments uh, over the course of the season. And and also, I, I just think Dalton is is so skilled. And I think Ganey's really skilled as as well. I think both of them are are skilled enough to to where they're they're not just going to turn into a shell of, of of what they're doing. I mean, they're, there's they're going to produce all season long, uh, even as defenses start to change how they defend them. Uh, they're 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 too versatile, uh, and they're too skilled to to completely be shut down or or limited. Uh, especially Dalton. I mean, I I kind of ran through it a moment ago everything that he's capable of, of doing on the floor. Uh, you take one thing away and, and there's other things that he can do. Uh, and here's the other great thing and, and something that I actually wanted to bring up anyways is it takes pressure off of everybody else, what Dalton is doing. And you only have five guys and you can only send so many double teams. 
Uh, and the moment you start to go double-team Dalton, well, all right, Santi's open. Or Josiah Jordan-James is open. Josiah's going to benefit more than anybody because Josiah doesn't have to try to be Dalton Connect. Josiah gets to be Josiah now. Yes, and, and I think and that's, that's going to exactly help a lot. The, yes, that, that's exactly the point that I was about to make is oh, you look at the Wisconsin game and, and Dalton Connect's popping off <laughs> and, and, and leading the charge. Your your front court players are really contributing in a, in a positive way. Jonas Adu, Tobey Awaka, Cade Phillips, uh, and, and you know Santi and Zakai still trying to get into that rhythm that I talked about earlier. Uh, but Josiah, there, there's not the pressure that, that once was on him. He, he can – he can kind of sit in the corner and wait for the ball to get to him and, and and shoot it when the ball comes his way. And when there's not that same level of pressure on you, then you, you're going to knock them down more consistently. And yeah. Josiah has always been a better shooter than what he has actually shot it from. He has dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career, and that has made him look like a worse shooter than he actually is. Now he's healthy as he's ever been. And he has multiple guys to take the pressure off of him. You, do, I love Josiah's game. I think he's a really good college basketball player. I've I've been saying it for years now, so it's not like I'm just all of a sudden jumping on the bandwagon. He is a really efficient basketball player, mm-hmm. and you don't want him to be your first or second scoring option. But if he's your third or fourth, then you are in a really really good spot. Because when that again, when that pressure is taken off of Josiah, and, and not that I'm saying limit him to being a, a three and D corner guy, that that's probably what he is at the next level. But at, at this level, he can get to the rim. You saw it against Wisconsin; he had the really nice and one mm-hmm. uh, where he got it up and, and off the glass. Where I didn't think he was going to be able to get it up uh, up and off the glass for the and one. So he's not just a three point shooter, but when he's the third or fourth option, and there's not as much pressure on him to produce it's going to be easier for him to produce and be more efficient. And what does he do? 14 points, four of eight shooting, five of seven at the free throw line, one of three from three, six rebounds, a steal. You know, typically he didn't have an assist or block, but typically he's going to have an assist or a block. Mm -hmm. He was the second highest minutes on the team with with 31, and he had one of the better plus minuses on the team. So it it just takes pressure off of, of everybody, and it's not just Josiah. It's going to take pressure off Asante as well and Zakai. And, you know, there's other guys that can shoot the ball like a a Jonas or a Jemai. It it takes pressure off of them. And it just goes back to the overall point of why this team is is so good and and looks like they're going to be really, really dangerous and why early on it looks like they are a national title contender. It's because they have so much depth, versatility, and talent on both ends of the floor. Yep, it allows. Um, I've always said for years that I would, uh, if you don't want Josiah Jordan James on your basketball team, I don't think you know a tremendous amount about basketball. It's just, it's you want him on your team. It's just what role would you like him to have on your team is the fair question. But you want you don't want him to be your like your best or second best player. But if he's going to be one of your better players because he's a good basketball player, but if he can be that third or fourth guy in terms of production, and then you bring his leadership element. I think that's when he's at his best. And that's what he can be on this team throughout the course of the season. And I also kind of think that applies to Santi as well. Maybe him being your second scoring option off of a guy that can kind of do a bit of everything like a Dalton Connect, I think Santi becomes more dangerous as well. Yeah, he does. And I think you can let both of them uh, spend even more effort on defense too, where they're both very, very good players. So uh, there's a lot more to discuss about that. Uh, I do, I'm glad you brought up Santi because I want to discuss him here in the second segment. I want to talk about Freddie DeLeon. I want to talk about 
uh, a couple other little things and then we'll get out of here. But uh, before we do that, we are a tiny bit overdue for a break. So let's step away, pay, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the GoVoss 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee coming to you here from the greater Knoxville area on, uh, I think actually we're both in Knoxville, but we're definitely in the greater Knoxville area, definitely in Knox County. I'm in city proper here where it is uh, Fort Rucker Studio where it's now 68 degrees, not quite as nice as 69 degrees, but still nonetheless uh, a very warm, pleasant Monday afternoon here in October where we are talking Tennessee basketball, the uh, the seventh ranked Vols host Wofford uh, on Tuesday at 6, is it 6.30 p.m. Eastern again or is it 7? It's again another 6.30. 31. I don't think fans love those as much. I think maybe some fans with kids maybe like that a little bit more, but you can tell a little bit later arriving, a little bit later to get a buzz in the building. It's a little bit different. I, 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 for writing purposes, six thirty ones are fine for me, uh, but I think seven o'clock ones you get a little better atmosphere. Nonetheless, that's a Wofford team. That, uh, the past few years has been a pretty solid program. Struggled a little bit last season. We'll see what how how they bounce back this season. Um, but that's a team with um, that's always been coached well. Has some good players, and uh, they're going to give you some some challenges with some of the things that they do. Uh, but Tennessee is playing really really good basketball right now, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more after. Um, a quick request from our and if you could take about a minute out of your day right now please go in there rate review and subscribe to this podcast if you're just listening at govals247.com that's fine nothing wrong with that no wrong way to consume this podcast helps us out a lot more though if you go in there on, on uh, apple podcast spotify iheart tune in stitcher amazon anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod you can find this govals 24 7 podcast we do this for free we're happy to do it no complaints but since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell people you know, tell people you want to know, tell people you see wearing orange, tell people anywhere that you see them. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, Ben, let's get back into it here with Santiago Vescovi. I completely agree. Uh, I have no reason to doubt Rick Barnes saying that that Santi was in a nice rhythm before he went away to deal with a, a family matter there uh, in his native Uruguay. And I think it is normal to expect when a, a finely tuned athlete 
which Vescovy is, kind of gets out of rhythm or changes the schedule, isn't able to play ball for a, for a week or so, and then comes back, it, it's going to take some time to knock that off, right? Because your team's been gearing up for the biggest, you know, it's like the biggest gear up time of the season. You know, it's you're, you're playing an exhibition game. It's the final week before the, the regular season starts. There's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of uh, guys kind of getting built up and peaked up at that time, and you miss all of it. So uh, you're going to have a little bit of rust when you come back. I think he's been fine. I don't think he's been out there playing bad basketball. I do, however, think that it's um, – I think two things can be true at the same time. One, you know who Vescovy is. You know what he's going to be when it matters. I have zero doubt about what he's going to be as a basketball player, what this team needs him to be. The other part is, though, and I think you notice this a little bit more when he's out of rhythm, the offense can slow down a little bit at times when he's out there. He He's a little bit more just his game. He's a little bit more deliberate with the ball. He's a little bit more, um, I don't know if pensive is the right word, or he a little more creative in ways. Like he kind of – takes a split second and kind of sees the floor and then kind of makes a decision. And I think at times, especially when he's not in his rhythm, you can tell things are a little tiny bit more sluggish when he's not out, when he, when he's out there at times, that's going to get better. But I think anytime a guy like him gets a little bit out of rhythm, it really can, can, can kind of throw a little bit of a, you know, it's kind of like when a, when a, you kind of stick a stick, like in a tire, it kind of can, you know, kind of bump up a little bit and move up, move off the whole thing. He's going to need to get back in rhythm, and I think he will. But you can tell, at least on offense, to me, he just kind of things just move a little slower when he's there because that's the kind of style that his game is. And it's fine when he's scoring, um, but he needs to get it back, and I think he will. Yeah, he he absolutely will. Uh, you you need Santi uh, to to be in prime form by February and he will be in prime form well before yeah. uh, February. I, I would expect him to be in, in prime form uh, heading into the Maui Invitational that that begins a, a week from today. Uh, Tennessee does only play one game this week. You mentioned it, Wofford tomorrow night uh, at Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center in Knoxville, Tennessee and East Tennessee in the United States of America. In the Southeastern um, Conference brought to you by uh, Golden Flake and Texas Pete and Dr. Pepper and whatever. <laughs> That's right. But only one game this week, but you, you know they'll be practicing. Uh, they are traveling earlier than I anticipated, leaving Thursday. Uh, but the, they'll be they'll be practicing a ton but between that Wofford game and, and Syracuse on, on Monday. And, and, and Santi is a great practice player, does a great yeah. job of handling his business to, to get going. He's going to be perfectly fine. I mean, he he's truly just knocking off the rust of of being away from the team, and not only being away from the team, but he was away from the team while dealing with the dealing with the sad family matter. So yes, yes, dealing with a a significant family member passing away. Yes. I mean, it, it's it, it's that's sad, and he's obviously dealing with those emotions on top of. Uh, not necessarily running around as much as he's used to in, in practice. So uh, he'll be fine. And and I thought he took a big step forward from uh, Tennessee Tech to Wisconsin, even if the point production uh, didn't show it. I, I thought Santi was very active on, on both ends of the floor, did only have five points, uh, but did a great job of, of twice getting to the rim uh, and being creative in the lane and, and finishing at the rim. Uh, only took one three. 
Uh, but I'm not as worried about him only taking one three if if Dalton connect and and Jordan Ganey is is going to be the players they appear to be and uh, Josiah is is going to to shoot it the way that he is. Again, you want Santi to shoot more than one three a game. I'm I'm not saying that. And he will. And he will. I'm just not going to freak out about it this season like I maybe would have last season because last season's offense was let's get a three for <laughs> Santi, and if if we can't get a three from Santi, then, oh, no, the offense is is not going to be good. Let's jack up a shot and hope we get an offensive rebound and a putback. That, that's what the offense felt like last season, and the offense is far from that this season. And also, Santi doesn't get enough credit. He he's one of the greatest three point shooters in SEC, uh, excuse me, in SEC history, uh, in Tennessee history, and he doesn't get enough credit for everything else he does on mm-hmm. offense, moving away from the basketball, cutting, yep. getting to the rim. Yeah, like he uh, he's and, not the fastest at it, but it's really effective. Yes, uh, and, and he distributes the the basketball at, at a high level. And I thought he was distributing the basketball. Uh, at a really high level uh, against Wisconsin. Did only have one assist, but I felt like he had some hockey assists in there, which is the pass before the assist. Uh, so I, I thought he was really active, uh, and he's tied with Cade Phillips as the second best or third best plus minus on the team uh, on on Friday night against Wisconsin. He was really good defensively, had four rebounds, did a great job of, of chipping in on the glass. So, uh, the point production may not have been there, but I thought Santi played really well against Wisconsin. And uh, those, those points and, and the threes, the, they will come. It's just a matter of time. And there's also a dynamic. I know they've been practicing all summer, uh, but there's nothing like games. And, and there's also a, a dynamic of of getting used to, and this applies to Zakai as well, getting used to playing with Jordan Ganey and Dalton Connect, uh, who who can pour in quite a bit of production on the offensive end. Yeah, I think that that's that's a good place to leave that. I I think that's I just wanted to mention. I I think it's worth noting that yes, it's a different look because there's so many kind of really quick twitch guys on that offense in the back in the backcourt. Santi's never quite been that. He's a very 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 good athlete. He's in great shape. He could play 40 minutes a game if you needed him to. Um, but he kind of goes at his own pace, and that's fine. Um, it's just that you notice that at times when he's gone for a bit and then he comes back, you kind of remember, oh, there's that Santi pace. And it's it's good. It's fine. But it, when he starts hitting those shots, it, it'll be it'll be just fine. The other thing I wanted to talk about <coughs> was um, was uh, Freddie Dillion. And, and I think he – this is a theory, Ben, that I want to kick to you, and then you can say true, false, or I don't know yet, or you're dumb. I don't even want to talk about it. I, I think – to me, it feels like Dillion's kind of that one that for a lot of this season is going to be in the the Rick Barnes car wash hair dryer experience where you're a young guard with a lot of talent and there's a lot of things you can do and you've always played the game a certain way and Rick Barnes wants to change it. And he is going to, because you're so talented – he's going to get in your kitchen sink a lot. You've been to just about every availability that that's just been out there so far. I've been to a couple practices, but even in those practices, I can tell, and, and I can combine that with what I've heard to postulate that. I think there's a chance that Dillion might be getting it harder than a lot of other guys are right now, because Barnes wants a couple things about his game to change. And he's a guy who's kind of playing a little bit more on the ball. Now he, he's, kind of was a combo guard 
I think he's got an incredibly bright future in this game. And I'm interested to see how he responds to this. Because if you remember guys like Turner and Bone and, and many others have been through this, where if you can fight your way through it, you will be a much better player on the other side. But you're going to have to fight through it because he is going to push you in a way that you've never been pushed before. And I think we might see a little bit of seesawing in his performances this season while he's going through that. That's just a guess. It's not like it's a theory or a guess. It's not a fact. I just, from from what I've heard and from what little bit I've seen, it seems like that might be the case with Freddie the Fifth this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Freddie is kind of the odd man out right now, and I'm sure as as it typically goes, everybody's going to blame Rick Barnes because that, that that's the easy solution for for everything. People have this weird dislike for, for Rick Barnes d- despite everything he's done and how great of a basketball coach he is and, and the fact that he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach. But that that's another side tangent in, in a different podcast. I, I, I agree, and you're not wrong. I just think there's I, – I didn't even mean that as a criticism necessarily. I meant it as – I just think Freddie's going to be that guy who's in the car wash this season where yeah. where where Rick is kind of putting both feet in the sand and saying, here's the line, and I'm going to drag you past this line, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I I, I wasn't trying to insinuate that, that I think that you were trying to rake Barnes over the coals or anything, but there are fans who hear what you are saying and just automatically want to crucify Rick when, like, I... I I look at the Freddie DeLeon situation and I, I don't I, like, I don't look at Rick as a villain messing Freddie up. I, I, I mean, just go watch the Wisconsin game and, and watch Freddie continually get blown by mm-hmm. while on the ball defensively and just look completely out of place. Like he doesn't know where to be like that. That's not a Rick Barnes wanting to, change these things about Freddie's game that that to me is more Rick needs to see Freddie improve in these areas of his game if he wants to become the player that he has the potential to be I I think Freddie uh, Freddie is a laid-back personality and I don't think he's intentionally doing it and I don't think he's not playing with effort or anything along those lines but because of his personality I think he can be lackadaisical at times and you've heard the coaches Rick Barnes assistant coaches speak publicly over the summer about needing to find ways to draw that emotion <coughs> out of Freddie more consistently and again it's I, I'm not I don't want it to come off as he doesn't play with effort because he does play with effort it's just finding that consistent level of energy and gear that you have to consistently play with at this level. And he is very gifted offensively. There's no doubt about that. But there are still times because he is a little bit lackadaisical at times. He he gets lost defensively pretty frequently right now. Yes, he and does. He, offensively, he, gets, he gets lost a lot. Offensively, he commits bad turnovers. And, like, I don't – Folks can blame Rick Barnes all they want, but just about any coach in America, I don't know that there's a coach in the in America that will give major minutes when you don't have to to a player who continually turns the basketball over on the offensive end and then comes by on comes back on the defensive end and, and gets lost practically on every possession. So 
that that's to me, Wes. I, I think I do think you're you're spot on. Like I think Freddie is the odd man out so far. I, I think he's going to have a, a hard time finding consistent minutes uh, unless he starts to not be out of place defensively as frequent as he is, and and uh, stop with with the loose turnovers here from time to time. I, I mean, I've heard Rick in practice. I think Freddie wants to play point guard, and I've heard Rick tell Freddie in practice, like, hey, if you don't stop turning the basketball over, we're going to keep you at as a combo guard. You're going to play off the ball until you prove that you can take care of the basketball. So to, to me, it's Freddie needs to improve in different areas. I would just word it differently. I agree. Freddie's kind of the odd man out right now in terms of consistent minutes, but it, it's not because Rick Barnes wants to change things about his game I think he just wants to wants Freddie to improve on the basics and it kind of goes back to the conversation that we had about Dalton connect and everybody being worried about Rick not playing Dalton because of defense and stuff like that and that was my point is that Dalton is not as bad defensively as Freddie is right now he he does not get lost he just more so gets beat and needs to not get as beat as consistently as he was and as long as he's not a turnstile out there, then he's he, Rick's not going to take Dalton off the floor. And, and and that was a large, loud conversation over the course of the summer. And I said all summer long, like, Dalton's not that far behind defensively to where he's just an absolute liability defensively. And right now, Freddie is a liability. And until he's not a liability, he's not going to play the, the minutes that, that his natural offensive talent probably says that he should play, especially because – Tennessee has offensive firepower. They don't necessarily need Freddie. That, it, yep, it's yep, that, Freddie. You, you took the words out of my mouth, so keep going. This this season is more like if Freddie can consistently contribute, that's more of a cherry on top of what they already have. They don't need Freddie this year, it doesn't seem. But, boy, if it could click for Freddie and he could add to this offense, then it just takes the ceiling of this team to, to the next level. Yeah, this team has enough dudes who can score the basketball that – if you're not if you're going to be a 100% liability or 80% or 75% liability on defense you you're not going to be out there getting minutes unless a bunch of guys get hurt because they're not going to need you they've got guys who can go in there and and play defense and also make some shots so i think there's probably some fr- some frustration there with Dillion from Tennessee Zen because he did get a full or half a season to practice last year and there's probably hope that a kid who comes in early in red shirts, even though he's the same age as the other freshman, more or less, he, he he's not he's had more time to kind of pick up the pace and understand how they practiced and what they do. And I think there was an expectation that more improvements would have been made to this point, and they haven't. That, that that's not it's not even remotely close to like time to panic. But I think there is. It's not a panic, but it's kind of a heightened sense of awareness that, hey, this this hasn't happened yet. And so we're going to have to change the tactics here and we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to I, I say change the player. You say just get basic things out of him. I think that's sort of different ways of saying the same thing. Like, I think there there's a sense of urgency that they're going to say, listen, how how long do you want to play this game and how much money do you want to make playing this game? If you want to do those things, you're going to have to do this because that's not an option. And he's probably, like a lot of young kids, never had to focus that hard on defense because he's always been so athletically gifted and he's always been 
able to score the ball at will, and he was called Freddie Buckets. I mean, you know, he 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 could. He's always been he's always been able to do that. So, you know, now you got to play defense too against a bunch of guys who are about as athletic as you are. So that that's going to be an issue. And then I think the rebounding last thing. Uh, Rick's never going to love rebounding, even if it's dominant. He's not going to say it's enough. He wants complete ownership of the backboard. Uh, he wants his team to uh, have ownership and charge rent to anyone who dares to step in there and try to, gra- to, 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 to grab a rebound. It could be a little bit better. Now, Wisconsin's always a team that's got a bunch of dudes who will rebound the ball and they're tough and their their positioning is good and they, they have the fundamental aspects of the game down. Greg Gard's always been that kind of guy. Wisconsin's always had coaches who were like that. Um, but I think the way Tennessee's playing now defensively is not much different. So offensively, you'd like more offensive rebounds, um, and you got to do that differently when you're taking a few more perimeter shots. It's kind of a different style of offensive rebounding where there is some luck involved, but also just different ways of positioning and understanding if a three is missed where the ball is likely to go, and they're going to have to work on that. But defensively, uh, I think just you know getting getting a Waka back up to speed will help. I, I don't. He was kind of sick, and I think he's kind of still getting his sea legs under him a little bit. Um, you know, Adu's always been a guy who's got the ability to go get a bunch of rebounds, but he's a lo- longer, leaner body, so the, it's a little bit different style. But they got guards who can come down and rebound. Um, they, they should be there. I don't think they're bad there. They're just okay there. And Rick wants them to be great and thinks they should be. And that's going to matter because you want to get where they want to get, Ben. They're going to have to take things up a level there, I think. Yeah, they absolutely will. And I would even go as – I think they're a good rebounding team. Yeah, I think they're fine. I, just think, I think they're fine. Right. I just think in order – I mean, everybody knows this. In order to accomplish what they want to accomplish – uh, they they can't give up as many offensive rebounds as they did early in the game to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, it, and it ended up being okay because even though they had uh, ten offensive rebounds, they only scored nine second chance points off of those rebounds. I feel like you would take that number all day long, um, and I think that they're going to get to. I think they're going to get there. I don't know that they're ever going to be a dominant rebounding team, but I, I do think that they'll be, you know, top. 15 top 25 in in the country Uh, i I think they have that ability between tobe awaka jonas cade phillips and and all those guards you mentioned i think think josiah jordan james is the best rebounder on the team other than awaka who's a freak on the boards i think i think there have been times before awaka got there i thought james was the best rebounder on the team yes and josiah is really really good at rebounding the basketball i think santi is Mm -hmm. Uh, as well, I mean Zakai coming off a torn ACL, he gets in the mix and has three of them uh, against Wisconsin. So th- this team's going to be fine rebounding, but it is cer- certainly something that they're going to have to work on throughout the course of the season. And uh, my last thought is is just how impressive um, the the post play was against Wisconsin, and and not that anybody turned into Grant Williams and anything like that. Um, but just the, the the different the versatility that Tennessee has in the post. I mean, Rick talked after the game about how they they let Tobey go in there and, and kind of take over, and how he had some baskets buckets that that changed the game, and how there were a couple of instances where they were running the offense through Tobey <laughs> and just allowed him to 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 go one on one with a guy and, and go get a bucket, and he did that 
Uh, so Tobe provided really, really strong minutes, especially late in the game, came in and got six rebounds. He kind of stifled Wisconsin's ability to rebound in that game. Uh, Cade Phillips, I, I don't think he's going to play or average a, a lot of minutes, but I, I can see him playing five to ten minutes a game, and, and I think he's going to do something good in those five to ten minutes. Uh, you, you saw him come in and, and catch the lob before halftime, uh, and, and I think they're going to run that play for him frequently. I uh, did only have one rebound, but he, he's going to go grab more than, than one rebound because you're going to hear Rick say more than once this season. You're going to hear Rick say it a, a lot this season that he's stronger than he looks. At. That's kind of been a talking point from Rick, and, and even Josiah said it, and Tobey said it in, in their postgame media availabilities. Cade was impressive in his seven minutes. He's going to contribute, and I thought Jonas was really good as well. I mean, he flirted with a double-double, had 10 points, five of eight from the field, seven rebounds. You know he's going to protect the rim, so – that they don't have that one guy in the post that's going to stuff the stat sheet, but I think those three are really going to be able to contribute, especially Jonas and Tobey. They're going to lead the way, and then I think you're going to see Cade contribute here and there. Um, but the the versatility in the post, I, th- I think, is really going to serve them well in this new age of basketball to where they can play with Dalton or Josiah at the four. Yeah, I, I, I really like uh, Estrella, and I think his future in this game is a bright one. But I think this team needs more of what Phillips has right now. I think his his role, what he can do athletically, physically, is more suited to to what this team needs at this exact moment. I still think Estrella, if he keeps fighting, is going to have a really, really nice basketball career. He's got a lot of skill for a big guy and could end up being a very, very, very good player. I just think they need Phillips a little bit more right now. And the last thing I'll say is that Awaka – he was pretty sick. Uh, he he was kind of able to fight through it a little bit. He, he's getting back in shape now, because you know again these are finely tuned athletes. You get like a, a, a you know a flu type thing or whatever it is, like a little respiratory thing. It's going to take you some time to kind of get through that, and and you do, and then you're fine. I saw Waka do some things this summer with Team USA. I watched a few of those games. There were times where he just said, "I'm going to score for these next three or four minutes, and you're not going to do anything about it." And he has that confidence now to go do that when it's needed he will have times where he will get on the block and say give me the basketball I am going to run through the chest of whoever's trying to guard me and I'm putting the ball in the bucket and if I miss the shot I'm gonna get the next one and I'm gonna put that one in he has those moments he's not gonna do it every game Uh, he may only do it once every few weeks but I think he's going to do that at times. I really, really, really do. So uh, we'll see. It's been a good start for Tennessee. We'll see if it continues. We'll have a lot more to discuss on it going forward. Um, but it's been, uh, especially after a rough weekend for football, uh, it was a nice weekend for basketball. And so that you have something, if you're a Tennessee fan, to to feel good about going into a Georgia football week. So I guess we would say Georgia football week. They would say Walford basketball week so we will see certainly a big week coming up in Hawaii we'll talk about that later in the week but for now I think we're at a good place thanks for thanks for uh thanks for being here Benny thank you Wesley there's that button and now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast we always say that but we always mean it thank you Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. 
interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 